Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Loose ball rebound comes all the way out to the free throw line where Hill picks it up, accelerates to the front court. With a right hand dribble, he goes behind the back through the legs once or twice. Now curls with a left hand dribble, draws the foul, shoots the shot, hits it and scores. He'll get a free throw as well because he bought that one and he's getting one free. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 9th of February. The Jazz, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, yet again, this time they blow out New Orleans. We'll talk about that, get you ready for the matchup with Dallas, look at how good the Jazz have been and the insanity that is the NBA. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Facebook Live. Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate it. Uh, very, very elegant background behind me, as you can see. Uh, if if you, once a long time ago we used to do this show, and we used to always show you the hotel room. There's the art. Not a whole lot of anything. Quite frankly, I feel awful today. Um, uh, so hopefully that I don't suddenly run off and have to take care of anything during the show. I think we'll be all right. I should have a new Lockdown NBA with Rob Mahoney. It was a really fun conversation uh, I did yesterday. Uh, Mason Porter has the first question, and did Boone ignore me the whole flight? He did not, actually. He didn't ignore me at all, actually. I just was playing. We just were in a good mood. We won again. Everyone's having fun. Uh, I guess people don't get it. And uh, Ron and I sit next to each other. We have a great time every day. I actually, if, if you really want to know what Ron and I did on the flight yesterday, uh, we built Ron a Bitmoji. That, that's what we were actually doing. And then I saw on his phone Twitter, I was like, you know, you could use this thing. And so then I started calling him out. So uh, it actually had, uh, it actually had uh, no, he didn't put headphones on. He does do that every now and then. I will, I will be honest with you. There is a point when we travel. I don't know if you ever want these stories. Uh, this is not one of those trips. There are points on the uh, travel where you get on the – there's two buses. There's a player bus, and then there's a support staff and media bus. And we get on the second bus, as it's called, because we're the second bus. And you just don't talk to anyone. I mean, you just don't talk to anyone. You're so tired. Um, you're – have been around these people for every minute of every day for six straight days, and your interest in talking to someone is zero. So that does happen. There's certainly that. Uh, sometimes Ron and I will watch a movie together sitting back there. More often than not, Ron and I just watch our next opponent's game to try to get ready for the broadcast. You just have so little time uh, to actually get everything done and be ready for a broadcast that you use every minute you can. So I don't know if you were, I don't know how we just got there. But anyway, that was all a joke. Evidently not a very good one. I had a bunch of people who were like on Twitter, like, it's so unprofessional for you to be, air your beef like this. Like, oh, my gosh. Um, we're just playing. So uh, I apologize. You'll occasionally see me uh, on Facebook Live go to the Kleenex today. I don't have a choice. 
Wow, my eyes look just awful on Facebook Live. I might look as bad as I feel. All right. Uh, today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek, our good friends at SeatGeek. Uh, use the promo code LOJAZZ and you get $20 back on your first purchase. Here's the deal with SeatGeek and why you should use SeatGeek. And that is, number one, uh, SeatGeek has taken all of the modern technology of ticket buying. Instead of going to this broker and that guy and this guy and this in the sixth corner and trying to find everything, what t- SeatGeek has done is they put it all on one app for you. Then the second thing SeatGeek has done that's so cool is if you don't know the arena where you're going to see the event or the venue or anything like that, they have a ticket score on every single ticket, which tells you which tickets are the best price uh, out there. And the third one is it comes right to your phone. It's secure. It's guaranteed. It's absolutely terrific. So that's SeatGeek. Download the app today. Go to the settings tab. Enter in the promo code LOJAZZ, and uh, then you're in business. And then you've got yourself a brand-new app which will make your bo- ticket buying the easiest thing ever to any event. You also can put in price alerts, by the way. Yeah, if you put in a price alert on an upcoming event from a few months from now, say when it hits this price, that's when I want it, or something of that sort, you can do that. So make sure, or if it's going to, you know, I want to make sure it doesn't go up or something like that. So go ahead, use SeatGeek, use the promo code LOJAZZ and get the $20 rebate. All right, we always start with pins across the world, so let's do that, and then we'll get to your questions. I'll take a little time and talk about last night. We're just really good right now. Uh, we are... We are really just terrific right now. There's, uh, uh, you just when professional athletes click in together as a group, uh, it's pretty special, and that's what we're seeing right now. Dustin Jensen from Farron, Utah. I was only about six years old when Stockton hit the shot in Houston. I so I only remember bits and pieces of Stockton alone. My family became less active jazz fans around 2003, so I had to discover the jazz for myself. I started paying attention to the jazz when I would prepare at 5.30 in the morning for my paper route during junior high days. Yes, Dustin! As I would, that's making America great. Paper routes. I think every kid should have a paper route at 5.30 in the morning in the snow, going uphill both directions. All right, never mind. Uh, as I would roll the papers in the morning, I would look along the top of the paper for the headline, tease about how the Jazz did the night before. I started looking for those teases and reading the articles and that led to watching games and by 2006 I was hooked and have been a word that I don't know. Ear. I don't know. It's a really smart word though. Maybe I have to look up a synonym for it and see if I understand what it means. Uh, and hopelessly lost a Jazz fanhood forever. Through the years of cheering, I have given myself a bloody nose by throwing myself on the floor after a buzzer-beating loss. I have gotten my hand smacked by a ceiling fan on a high after jumping for joy on a clutch shot. Even broken a flower vase after throwing a pillow across the room when Trey hit the game winner against the Knicks. I have tempered my emotions a little since then, but still get pretty worked up during close games. I love that. I'm currently living in Woods Cross in my last semester at the U in the accounting program, and though I live in Woods Cross, I will consider Farron my home and myself a Farronite. Thank you for a great job with doing the podcast, emptying the noggin, the game calling, keep up the great work. Uh, by the way, thank you. By the way, I just so everybody knows, after every game, there's Jazz Game Rewind at 1280thezone.com in case you are... Is that their website? Is that the right? Yeah, 1280thezone.com. Uh, in case you miss the game, you can get kind of the radio call of the best moments of the game. There's also uh, Empty the Noggin and there's Postcast. So you should get Postcast by subscribing to Locked on Jazz. But those are all there for you. Uh, we're just great right now. I mean, and I don't know how long it lasts or what it's going on, but as I broke down kind of earlier, this has been going on. This has actually been building and going on uh, for a little while. And some of it has to do with shot selection and shots are going down. I mean, some of this is as simple uh, 
as just shots. Like, in fact, I was at coffee this morning with Igor Kokoskov, and he was talking about telling me a story about how he used to work with Alvin Gentry, and he used to just say to Alvin every time when they walked out of the locker room as the assistant coach, he'd just say, you know what, if our shot's going tonight, I think we're going to win. And to some extent, that's what this league is. It's a make-or-miss league, and right now we're moving the ball, we're crisp, and we're making. Um, you know, if you look back at our last, we shot 36% of our shots from three last night and hit 44% of them. So the first thing you have to do to be a great offensive team is take your shots in the right spots and and put your guys in positions to succeed. And we're certainly doing that. We might be. I haven't had. To, I don't have time today to look at it. We might be the number one analytic team in the game. Both the combination offensive and defensively. Houston's the number one analytical offensive team, but they don't do it defensively. And the Spurs are the number one analytical team defensively, but they don't really do it offensively. I think we might be the number one analytical team if you look at both sides of the equation. Uh, but the three-point shooting, there was a span there where we had just stopped taking, we really had kind of fallen off taking threes. It was it was disturbing. I think we went 13 out of 15 games where we were below 33% of our shots being threes. Cleveland win uh, was one of the exceptions. Since then, we took 40% of our shots as threes against Memphis. You want to take a lot of threes, by the way. You don't want to stop going to the rim, but you would like you want this number over 35%. Milwaukee, and, and the defenses are all built to take it away. So if you're getting it, it means you're working your offense right. Uh, Milwaukee's at 37%. We shot our threes. Charlotte was 41%. Atlanta was at 325 uh, And then last night we were at 364 The The interesting thing is we're still going to line. We go to line the second highest rate of any team in the league. So now you start talking about those two combinations that we go to the line and we shoot a ton of threes, and we're really rolling. The offensive rating last night was 136.2. It's the best offensive game we've had all season long, surpassing the night before at 130. Let me make sure we understand what that means. The Warriors are the best offensive team, arguably maybe in the history of the game, at 114 points per 100 possessions. We're scoring 134 the last two games. So we're averaging 1.34 points every time we cross, cross half court. If you go over 110 in a game, it's hard to lose. In fact, I, I'm not sure we have. This is our last run. If you go over 115, you really, particularly for us being defensively minded, it's really hard for us to lose. Here's our recent run in reverse order. 136, 132, 111, 109.6, 134.4, 113.4, we lost that game to Memphis. Lakers, we were just at 105. Then the Nuggets in Oklahoma City, we just didn't score. We just, we got, games got fast and we weren't as good. Indiana, we won at 107. Dallas, 110. Phoenix, 113. Orlando, 111. Detroit, 120. So you go back to the 13th of January. And we have played, I think, 13 games since then. Just almost a month. And we're over, you know, one, 110, 115 with regularity offensively. We are clicking in here. This is pretty awesome. Flip side, if your offense is ever under 100, you'll win. Or your defense is ever under 100, you'll win. If our defense is under 104, which is league average, we'll probably win most of the time. And we're doing that a good deal. Last night was 100. The night before was 102. The night before that was 101. The night before that was 96. 96. 96. (coughs) Excuse me. Memphis, we just didn't defend. 121, like, that was weird. 95, we lost Oklahoma City. We defended all night. A 106 in there, which is a little high. We won 100, 102, 103. So, I mean, this, we're, we're rolling. 
One four straight, 11 to 14, and you can just see it. And the other sign is where you're getting your shots. And I talked about this the other day. I'll do it again. Probably because my dad texted me that he thought this was cool, and so I'm just doing it for dad. Uh, the league averages you get 7.5% of your sh- – I think that's right. League averages you get about 7.5% of your shots as corner threes. Okay? Like, that's the distribution. Uh, if you're actually interested, just ignore it if you're not. Uh, 31.4% of all shots are threes, and 7.5% of them are corner threes. Okay? So 7.5% of all shots, 24% of all threes are corner threes. Okay, you got it. Maybe you didn't understand the last part, but just go with it. 7.5 uh, is the number you care about for this discussion, is what the league average is on threes. The Jazz, in the last five games, are 18% of their shots, 25% of their shots, 19% of their shots, 11% of their shots, and 14% of their shots are corner threes. Pretty incredible. I mean, we're really rolling. And the defense is good, too. We're throwing, and I said it the other day, we're throwing out 48 minutes of solid lineups. Here's the interesting one last night. We are the number one defensive team in the league in the paint. New Orleans, like, 26 in the league in defending, in shooting in the paint, and they were 17 of 21 in the paint in the first half, and we were still up nine. Like, you knew, you knew there's no way that could last. Uh, and the other one is uh, just a collection of play, right? Um the collection of kind of effort from bench guys last night. We had strong Alex, strong Dante, strong Joe. Like, forget about it. If we got that, it's over. Like, we're winning every game that happens. I don't know if Joe back-to-back tonight turns out to be as good, but, boy, he does take care of himself, and he was great last night. Dante's been very good the last two games. Last three games. Unfortunately, we've been using Jabari as the model, saying that you know post-All-Star break is when Jabari clicked in, and Jabari seems to have torn his ACL last night, which is just terrible. Uh, and the word, kind of, the murmur around the league is it's not going to be good news on the MRI. Let's hope that's not true. But that's that's the murmur uh, of what we're all hearing. Uh, but it's nice to see Dante. Dante's trying to figure out what he can do to be a player. Uh, Rob Mahoney and I talked about this a little bit in Locked on NBA. They'll come out today. He's just trying to figure out who he is and what he does as a player. And, you know, one thing I think he's learning is he can he really push it. You're really fast. You're better in the open floor. Get the rebound and go. And he's got Alec running on his side. And the two of them, that's pretty special. Those, those two really, really do work well together. Uh, because they're both, they're, they're both willing to run and push. And the Jazz are getting some earlier, easier possessions out of that in the second unit without Gordon on the floor and without getting caught in a quagmire. Uh, the other one is Derek has just looked very active and very good the last few nights. And if he's good, we're really good. There's a chance we're really good, guys. Uh, right now, we're the third best net rating in the NBA. We've won four in a row, 11 of 14. We're 19 and four when George and Gordon both play, which is a 67 win team. We're 21 and seven when Go- when just George plays. No, we're 22 and seven, right? Yeah, I haven't updated that. We're 22 and seven. I think we're outscoring teams uh, when George and Gordon are on the floor by 10 or 11 points a game. I'm going to see if I can update that today. I mean, there are, there are just a lot of trends that are pointing toward us being fabulous. Maybe the fourth best team in the NBA. You know, I think the Warriors, the Spurs, and the Cavaliers deserve their spot. But I think there's a real chance we're the fourth best team in the NBA right now. We have not played a great schedule. 
Tonight's a little tough. Three games, four nights in Dallas. They're tough. They just play so well. That's how Carlisle wins games. I don't know that we get this one, but if we could finish this six-game stretch with three wins at home and go win five of six, that's huge. You know, if you can do that, win three of our next four, you've suddenly won 14 of 18 to go to the break. If we can get tonight and go get the three at home, holy smokes, you've suddenly won, you know, you've won eight in a row. Uh, I, I said when I was on the True Hoop podcast, the league would be talking about us. I think they're going to start right about now. We're really good. It's awesome. And Quinn's worked hard and the guys are coming together. And uh, Anthony Davis wanted no part, no part of Derek Favors. No part of Rudy Gobert last night. It was stunning. It goes back to the work, I think it was Richard Child. Uh, I hope I think I have that right. Richard Child did for us. Uh, one of our listeners who did a bunch of work in regards to uh, uh, who, who, who just started... Uh, who did the standard deviation work that Anthony Davis, sorry, I just got a note I couldn't figure out what it meant, uh, that Anthony Davis is the kind of the guy who has probably the most uh, wide-ranging standard deviation of performance of big-time scorers, and I think we saw it last night. All right, let's get to your questions. I can give you more, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what you want. I mean, we're just good, and we're just moving the ball, and we're crisp, and the spacing's fabulous, and the tempo is, you know, that those five days of practice were big. Quinn really worked them. They got a chance to practice. They hadn't practiced in a while. They just went back through what their defensive principles were, reminded everyone of why they do what they do, and then they went from there and went through their offensive stuff to get their spacing, and they one of the huge focuses was getting the ball up the floor just a little bit quicker so they can get their offense faster, and, and then we're seeing the push from Dante and the push from uh, the push from Alec. I mean, the Dante thing's huge, by the way, because the Dante thing means we're getting 48 minutes of solid point guard play. He's still a little out of control and makes his mistakes. He's young. That's what he's doing. I mean, it's very hard for Trey Lyles and Dante Exum right now because they both make a lot of mistakes on a team that does not uh, have room for air. Right? We're trying to win desperately every single night. Uh, you know, the quest to get home court advantage is really big right now, and that's what's going to drive this team for the next. What do we have left? 27, 28 games. That's, we're 34 and 19, so quick math, 29 games. And that's, so there's not room for those screw-ups. Now, luckily, Dante's more positive than negative in the last four or five games and looks a lot better and is playing with a bounce and a, a youthful energy, exactly what we need. Trey Lyles has got to figure out how he fits. It's got to be incredibly frustrating for him because, frankly, Boris DL plays really well all the time, and he's looking around, he sees Devin Booker getting 36 minutes, and he's probably pissed, but it's tough, tough, tough bones. You know, Trey Lyle's going to be really, really good in this league. But right now, you've you got to be nearly perfect to play for us because we, we don't have room for mistakes. All right, let's get the questions that have come in. Did Boone ignore you on the flight? I talked about that. That was all a joke. Uh, what are your thoughts on Commissioner Silver's idea of making the games more appealing to millennials? I love the fact that he's thinking about it. Major League Baseball hasn't thought about it at all. And I think it's a problem. Uh, Mahoney and I actually get into that in our uh podcast thoughts on new york and oakley i don't know enough uh but it's obviously not good and that's just a mess you know just be thankful for the millers every day like just if you're a jazz fan wake up every single day and say oh thank you thank you miller family thank you for continuity miller family thank you for staying out of our business miller family thank you for staying away from chaos thank you and then move on with your day it's just a good idea to put the Jazz recent offensive performance into perspective can you share how many points per game they would average if they played an possession game as the Warriors are another high-paced team. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Well, so we've scored 250 in two games virtually, right? We're 247. And our pace of play has been 
uh, which spreadsheet? Our pace of plays been 92 and 93. So the Warriors actually is pretty easy because the Warriors and a lot of teams in the league play about 100. So we would have, if we played 100 possessions on each of the last two games, we would have scored 132 and 136 points. Right. And the one before that, we scored 111. Before that, 109. The one before that, 113. The one before that, 105. We're like rolling. It's incredible. Uh, is Gordon a superstar yet? I have no idea what that means. So uh, he's an all-star, obviously. He's a fabulous player. He's the best lead guy on a really good team. I have no idea what a superstar is. I mean, to some extent, I think that Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, James Harden, LeBron James are superstars. We're probably done. It just depends on your definition of how far you take it. Is Chris Paul a superstar? Probably. I don't know what the term means. Matt, I still don't know if I have time to get you to introduce to Joe Ingles. But he asks that every week, and I love him for it. Has, I met three great Australian guys last night after the game. It was really fun. Has any team improved as much as the Jazz? How much is this taken into account for Coach of the Year? Uh, I mean, not... I think both Quinn and Dennis Lindsay have a quest uh, for Coach of the Year. I mean, Eric Spolster probably should win Coach of the Year at this point, don't you think? With Miami being not very good and winning 12 straight here in the middle of the season. Uh, you know, if Bob Myers doesn't win Executive of the Year for signing Kevin Durant, then I think that maybe Dennis Lindsay's pretty close for what he's done with the Jazz. You know, but that, you know, I don't know. I'm not – be nice to give them some recognition, but I think what they care about is the win-loss situation. <laughs> First time watching live, check your email. Sent you a project they did to create players scoring bell curve. I will do so, William. Thank you very much. Um, I feel like uh, Matt felt like this was the week I was going to meet Joe Ingles. Um, <coughs> do you need me to like Snapchat pictures of Joe Ingles every day so you can just kind of like have them as part of your life? Uh, we are playing on all cylinders, so I don't think we're in need of a trade. What do you think? I, yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say on a trade, the only thing I can come up with uh, is, and I'm not even sure um, it makes sense, but if you were to move a point guard, because we have four of them, for a more wing-style player, uh, if we have another wing injury, it just gives you a little, it it balances your depth better. If Joe's going to end up playing a lot of four, it gives you a little more depth that Joe Johnson. It gives you a little more depth there. If you want to rest Joe Johnson in the final month or two of the season on back-to-backs and things like that. like I bet you the Jazz probably could have rested Joe Johnson last night, but without Rodney Hood, you can't do it. Now, it turned out you didn't need to because he dropped 27. But um, that would have been a game last night where you could have rested Joe Johnson. Oops. I mean, just not oops. You just long-term better for him. Three games, four nights, suddenly turned into, you know, turn it into a different number of games, turn it into two games and four nights, and he probably feels better and he doesn't have to worry about it. And uh, But you can't do it right now because we don't have the depth. So that's the only thing I can come up with is that we're just imbalanced with too many point guards. That's that's the only thing. Now, I, like, I don't know what I'm talking about, though. I don't have a specific player out there that I can think of. And do you want a defensive-minded like P.J. Tucker? Do you want an offensive-minded shooter? Like, I don't know. You know, like an Anthony Morrow, who's not available, but I'm just trying to think of the different spectrums of players. I'm not sure even, right, you want a ball mover. You want someone who keeps us in our system. So uh, that would be my only thing. Are we are we peaking too soon? You you just live, you're neurotic, aren't you? Uh, it seems like the Pelicans were intent on 
punking Dante. He looks like he handled it well. I didn't see that. Sorry. Uh, this team's maturity is showing their driven focus just don't seem to get rattled. Any chance when Hood returns, he becomes a six-man? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we have a lot of guys. You know, Rodney's earned himself as a starter. Will he maintain that as a – will he continue to be – it would seem yes, but we're very good when Joe Ingles is on the floor with the starters. There's no there's no question uh, that we're very, very good when Joe Ingles is on the floor with the starters. That's – that is true. Then what are you doing? You're playing Rodney with Alec and Dante's not playing? Like, how are you doing it? You cannot play five guards. It just – no one does it. It doesn't work. How many wins do we need to get third place, and is that a reality? I don't think it's a reality. I think we'd probably have to get about 55 or 56. Maybe. Maybe we're that good. Uh, I don't think it's a reality. I think Houston would have to fall at a pretty high level, and we'd have to get I think four should be our focus, and you end up with the Clippers or Memphis at that point. And we win and get the Warriors in the second round. That'd be fun. You know? If you get the Spurs in the second round, it's like death by Chinese water torture. If you get the Warriors in the second round, at least you died on a roller coaster going really fast. In other words, I think the chances of beating both those teams are hard, and one would be a lot more fun to play. Uh, And I'd get to spend time in San Francisco versus being in San Antonio. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, You've said recently the Jazz have never won a game they had to win. What do you exactly mean by that? Um, This group has never won a basketball game as a collective group that they, like, was a must win, that they had to win. They lost the games last year that they needed to win to make the playoffs. Uh, They don't have that in their back pocket. They don't have that collective experience of winning a game the way Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili and and that group does, the way that James Harden, frankly, does with that group, the way that Russell Westbrook does in his life. It's a little different group. We'll see whether they have it. Um... Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, and Marcus Olve won a lot of must games in their lives together. That's a huge disadvantage for us. I've read some stuff that says we should consider starting Joe Ingles even when Rodney Hood gets back. Um, I think Purple and Blues did this. I didn't read. I just saw the headline. I've done the work, too. It's The, the numbers are interesting. I, I'm a little hesitant on the numbers on this one. Uh, but it's interesting. There's... There's a valid argument to it, not as a only just because I think that there's an argument where Joe Ingles is much better if he plays with better players, and Rodney Hood might be much better if he plays with the ball in his hand. So there might be there might be something to that. I don't think it's a craziest. I don't think it's the numbers. I think here's what I'd say. I think the numbers are a little too skewed pro Joe for what's reality. Um, but I do think that there is a legitimate just watch a basketball game and see it argument where you could say that now also how you start how you close what different combinations of lineups is interesting but i joe's probably a better passer he's probably a better defender than rodney and so in that group there's an argument that you know fine rodney and and rodney can get a shot off better and rodney can work himself to spots on the floor better he's probably a pure score better so there's an argument that those two things complement the other groups that it's a it's a valid discussion nothing's crystal clear it looks like Faves we all know and love is back. Yeah, let's take... I hope so. He looked good the last two games. Uh, that's why we're so good. Uh, do you see his game leveling out or getting better? I have just no idea what his body's going to do and how he's going to learn how to play with the pain that his body's giving him. Uh, but let's hope. Spurks too aggressive on the road to an injury again with the acrobatic thing that makes him valuable. I would just say this about Alec. There's no one else in the league who does what he does. Both positively and negatively. Right? You don't see any other player in the league that airborne, that flying around, that 
aggressively attacking the rim. Um, you just don't. And so on one level, he has a unique skill that we just don't have anybody else who ha- has on the team. And on the other level, there's probably a reason why nobody else does it. Oh, look at my high school friend said hi. Uh, she's a real friend too now, but was from high school. Uh, what's the ceiling on Derek Favors' mid-range game? Uh, what he's been doing the last few games, sustainable? No. Uh, last year, there were only two players in all of the NBA that shot over 50% on mid-range jumpers. And I think Derek's at like 80% the last two games, so it is not sustainable. Uh, but he looks comfortable, and if he just makes a few of them it's, each night, it's really it's a big deal. Uh, the way we're trending, is it wrong to think we'll be even better after the break? Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting better. Right now we're getting better. Uh, what do you think we do to get above the salary floor? I didn't know we were below the salary floor. It's not a big deal. If you're below the salary floor, you just divide the money out and give it all the players. Obviously, we could either trade for a player with a pick and take that salary on, or we can try to sign George Hill or Derek Favors to an extension. By the way, it's very interesting for this game that everyone's going small and everything else like that. We're right now lining up that we're going to play the Clippers or Memphis in the playoffs. Right? Like, we're going to suddenly need Derek Favors in the playoffs. For all this going, unless we're going to be the team that goes small on them, which is interesting, we might be. We'll start with them and then go to Joe Johnson late and make Blake Griffin go out and play and make Zach Randolph play or make Jermichael Green finish. It's very interesting. I actually think we're going to end up being the team that goes small in those games. What are the chances, tough games at the end of the regular season, we catch teams like Golden State, Cleveland, San Antonio, resting guys? Very possible. Uh, where do you find possessions on each game? I have programs that tell me but there's a formula. Basketball Reference has, I think, has it published. Uh, you talked about Pelton about moving the three-point line back. To do that, you have to widen the court. Is that possible in every arena actually being talked about around the league? No. <clears throat> I don't think you need to move the three-point line. I just think players are going to move back. Players are going to move back. And then that just opens up the offense even more. We're, we're just years of offensive explosions coming. Uh, if Hill doesn't end up re-signing this offseason, is there a point guard out there that we would have a realistic chance of acquiring that is skilled enough to play plug the big hole? I don't know. Uh, I haven't looked at it. Uh, where do I get my stat stuff from? A lot of it's just on NBA.com. A lot of it's on Basketball Reference. And then I have access to something called NBA Stats Cube where I can build my own uh, spreadsheets and I kind of know what I like and so I've built a bunch of spreadsheets that f- I can update every morning that file the flood in the information that I want. More minutes for Trey tonight. Uh, he's been very good against Dirk in his career because Dirk can't move. So hopefully Trey will focus. I didn't love Trey's body language in garbage time last night. I hope we're not. I think this is very, very hard for Trey. Um, I think he has great expectations. I think he wants to do all sorts of really cool stuff in his career. Um, and I hope, I hope we're not, I hope he's not, I hope he can fight through it. This is hard. What seed do you think will finish fourth? Um, that's interesting. Hayward, George Hill versus Hill versus Paul George. Who's a better duo? I mean, Paul George is really special. I just think Gordon is still really under, undervalued. Um, Where does Gordon rank defensively at the small forward? I think he's really good. Um, 
Do I think we stay above the Clippers? We're up three right now, or up two right now, right? They won last night, so it's, it's not going to be easy. We'll see. Uh, in Nate Duncan's annual, the Jazz wound up uh, wanting Malcolm Delaney for Shelvin Mack or Howell Neto. No, that does not make any sense. Not no offense to Dan and Kevin and Nate. I'm just not sure. I think Malcolm Delaney's any better uh, than Shelvin Mack, and I don't think we trade Howell Neto. Howell Neto's contract is. Got, I think, two more years on it at a minimum, and he can play. So I just don't think you ever trade him. All right, that is Facebook Live Thursday edition brought to you by SeatGeek. Promo code LOJAZZ gets you $20 back on your first purchase. Please go use SeatGeek, download it, go to the settings tab, and enter in LOJAZZ. Thank you very much for tuning in to Locked On Jazz today, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.